I'm going to do the dance of joy that my friend Jacques has finally come completely onto the other side of nerddom. You know, he was riding the fence. Oh, I'm a jock. No, now I'm a nerd. No, now you're a full-time nerd, baby, all the way. Um, you know, gain an extra 50 pounds, pounding away those snacks. <laughs> no exercise for you. It's just sitting around playing games, watching TV, uh, milk chugs, more like milk chugs than milk duds. Um, how do they call them milk duds when everyone is a winner? They're not, <laughs> there's no, I've yet to find an actual dud. I, see, <laughs> I seem to have struck a chord or broke a brain, one or the other. Hello, and welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques. I'm Joe. Uh, sadly, we have no Biff, who's, you know, he's, he's under the weather again, which, you know, is a little little concerning for me and, and everybody else. And, uh, of course, that clip uh, that we just heard in lieu of my bad jokes was from, I don't know, I think it's a top ten favorite movie of yours, Joe. Yeah, top, maybe top five. Pee-wee. I mean, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Like one of the first, I didn't have cable growing up, but I did have a VCR. And what I did do was when that aired on the CBS, you know, Saturday Night Movie, edited for television, I taped it because, of course, it's fucking Pee Wee. And um, I, I played it out. I even remember that there was a part where um, he's sitting in the dinosaur with the girl from the from um oh god what's her name the girl from the way uh, she's the waitress there mm-hmm. um anyway when they're in the uh the dinosaur uh there there was like a, a special news report that came in 
on my recording. And I always associate that scene with a special news report in my mind because I'm a broken child. Do you remember what the report was? I don't know. I think I'd have to go back. I, you know what? I'm sure that somebody out there on YouTube has uploaded that segment, you know, um, in like some sort of, you know, commercial package or whatever. Right. But, um, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to look back. You know what? Next podcast, I'll be back with that information. I, I hope so. And it, it's, it's funny because I was saying, I just had, just had lunch with friend of the podcast, Ronick. And, um, and I was saying that, and the Ubra of the inside jokes. I mean, I, management and I decided a long time ago that we can never get divorced, not because of the kids or because of our undrying love. There's just too many inside jokes between us. And I said, you know, and same with Joe, you know, it's like, there's just too much. And I think between the three of us, I don't think a week goes by, and I mean this, where I don't say there's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> I, I really don't. Of all the quirky things that I say that we say, that, um, tell him Large March sent you. Um, I'm a loner, a rebel. You know, right. I mean, and, and that's been going on since 85. Yeah. What's the significance? I don't know. <laughs> it's like I don't train monkeys. monkeys. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't make monkeys. I just train them. Oh, Pee-wee, listen to reason. Knitting, oh, come on. Knitting and knitting and knitting. And of course, we're remembering Pee-wee Herman because sadly, Paul Rubens passed away um, the day before this recording. And you know the the sad. It's been it's been a tough week. Um, you know, Sinead O'Connor died earlier this week. And then, you know, the one that kind of hits home personally is uh, our friend Woody, who was on the podcast just about a year ago, his absolute bona fide um, World War II hero dad passed away. Oh, 95 sorry. peacefully in his sleep, you know, um, in Arizona. I'm so lucky to have got to meet that guy a few times. Um, you know, we, we talked about the most amazing story, you know, it was a typical story, but amazing story. I mean, Woody's dad, all of five, four, I, I don't think he's, he was five, five top the scale at 120 pounds, you know, uh, actually, you know, for a local news piece about two years ago, you know, put on his old sailor uniform that still fit. I mean, it was amazing, you know, but there's this amazing story. I'll tell it just real quickly that we told on that podcast. He sees real action in the South Pacific, and there is a huge storm, and they he's on a destroyer, and they're all under deck, and the and the ship is being you know thrown around like the USS Mento, and they hear something rolling around up top, and everyone's like, oh crap, that's one of the depth charges. Somebody has to go up and secure that thing before they blow up their own ship. This is before like safety harnesses and OSHA and, uh, and you know, he volunteers to go up. They tie a rope around him. <laughs> that, that was it. He goes up and instantly is blown off the boat. Um, and it was one of those things. It's like, even if you're strong and you're expecting the jerk of the rope, a couple guys like let go of the rope, somebody dove, caught the rope. You know, he's flying around like a kite. It looked literally. And finally, you know, it was just a barrel, secures it, bring him back inside. You know, it, it's an amazing story. And he's been telling, he was telling that story for like 40, 
50 years and Woody and everything, the whole family's like, uh-huh, we've heard the story, Dad. Well, about 15 years ago, and I, I was privy to when this, you know, meeting all came about. Other side of the country, there's an entire other family who've been, yes, we heard the story, Dad. You jumped and you grabbed the rope and the, pulled the guy back. And they had never seen each other since then. And they have been telling these stories. And then because it's a small world, somebody knew somebody who knew Woody, who knew somebody, and they got them together after like 60 years. You Fantastic. Know, just a few years back. Yeah, you hear these stories. It's like these people have these harrowing in the trenches on these boats for a couple of years during the most horrific times of their life. And the war's over and you go left and I go right. And they never... You know, some people stay close, but just drifted. And it was great that they didn't stay close, but, but they've been telling these same stories and, and they finally connected. But, you know, so, so you know, uh, you know, so, so, so Woody's dad passed, uh, you know, passed comfortably, was able to maintain his own house, like pass away in his own house. And Woody was just a hero going back and forth between L.A. and, and Phoenix to take care of his dad. Um, Woody's a great guy. His dad was a bona fide hero. Sinead O'Connor passing. And of course, I mean, just, just, Sinead O'Connor was great. I mean, I was a huge fan. I mean, we won't get into the political stuff that she was so right and so ahead of the curve and it cost her her career speaking out 30 years ago, you know, um, you know, of course she speaks out on Saturday night live a few, you know, a few years before uh spotlight, the movie comes out, which wins the Academy award and all that stuff. And those people are 20 years later, but yeah. 20, yeah, but she was, she was right. And she was amazing. And that, and nothing compares to you written by Prince one of the greatest songs ever written and her version recorded. And then of course, like Pee Wee Herman that just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 15 when that comes out, 16, when that comes out, I don't know how many times I saw it in the theater. I don't, I didn't have HBO. Um, so, so that was one of those things that was my introduction to him. And then a couple years later, you know, when we got cable and it was the old show was running and it's just, it's like a Bob Saget thing. It's like, you know, it, it was a rated R show on HBO Max. Oh, right. Yeah. The uh, Pee Wee Herman show from 81. Right. Yeah. That he, he franchised to kid versions in for years. I mean, you know, his troubles aside, um, he, he was a liter he was an icon who ushered in a decade. Think about that. Yeah. The eighties are breaking like this sort of LA new wave kind of, uh, this, this alt comedies coming out of this scene and he's right on the forefront and he busts onto the scene. Um, and then he transitions like almost irresistibly, but like you would think, you would think that this couldn't be somebody who could play for, I guess, I don't know. It's weird. He was, he was playing a kid, but an adult version of a kid show that eventually became a, a legit kid show right. that was, you know, beloved by my generation and younger. Um, geez. And, and that movie, I mean, and Tim Burton owes his career. 100%. To Paul Rubens. No, I, okay. You know, we can get into it more in depth later or at some other time. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do a sideshow on it. I, I think of all the sideshows he's done, that would be worthy. Speaking of sideshow, um, uh, last week's guest, Mike Kentrobis, um, or is his 
good friends call him Steve. (laughs) Good friends being the host of podcasts that he's on. You know, we don't have to go in the weeds on that. Um, But yeah, no, and I've chatted with him a couple times since. Uh, Like I said, it was just the only thing I like more than talking about comedy is dad stuff. And and I'm an older dad. I got a late start. He got a late start. It was just fun talking dad stuff and, and comedy and he is. He's hosting a hosting workshop that I cannot wait to take when I get back. But again, you know, just a huge shout out to Mike, um, who it's funny, you know, uh, the, the one when we did go Steve, Steve Bjork a few weeks back, a couple of months back now, it was a, a show that Mike hosted. You know what I mean? So if he's not headlining himself, he's hosting a show. Um, just a really, really good guy. So so thank you again to Mike you know, Kentrobus for coming on and I will give a full update when I take his hosting thing. Um, so yeah, so as, as we're recording, it's usually me and Joe and, uh, in the shadows of the shitty of Boston talking to Biff out here in California, but this week I'm out here in California talking to you. Yeah. Um, so I guess you're, you're, you're not coming back, right? You're going to just find a way to just, you know, stow away somewhere in the bowels of i mean you know there are a lot of unhoused in la why not make you know one i got more? the look yeah exactly <laughs> like my got my unhoused union card <laughs> oh man but seriously i mean right i mean i'm sure the, the moment you you set foot uh, off the plane you were home and um there is figuring out figuring out a way to like cancel that round trip flight there is this and, and as we were going down the escalator to it, I told I'm, I'm with the 15 year old squishy, the 13 year old squishy. And I told him, it's like, yeah, when we turn this corner, you're going to remember this really creepy long hallway that if you don't remember it, you've seen it in a hundred movies and TV shows. It is the most LAX thing that is there's, you know, if the terminal that we land in the jet blue one, there's gotta, it's gotta be 200 yards. And it's tile, like late 60s, 70 tile. It's it's the fluorescent lighting that the bulbs are working at about 65% capacity. I think Stanley Kubrick designed it. <laughs> Thank you. And I have posted that it is so unnerving, yet comforting to me, because it means I'm home, yep. you know, so to speak, as soon as I did get off the plane. Now, let, let's go over the yin and yang. Yes. You know, here's here's something that always cracks me up, you know, about L.A. Um, who fucking takes my phone calls? You know, who has lunch with me? Who refers to me as their friend? Um, you know, it, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, I found out about this little local comedy show in Lowell that some of the cool kids are part of that's been going on for a while. I reached out and I kept going, oh, well. I host it, but I don't really run it or I run it, but I don't really pick the, like so many people. It's like, it's this little cable access show that it's like, I can't get on, which is fine. Absolutely fine. And then there's a couple, I'll see, you know, um, j- just, there's a couple other cool shows that I've seen people do these deck top things. I'm like, Oh, I know all the comics up there. You know, we've had half of them on the podcast, but I don't get invited to some of the cool guy things, which is more than okay. You know, I, I don't fit in a lot of the clubs, which is great. I don't mind. But it's like it's like one of those things. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of the outsider looking in with a lot of stuff. I get off the plane here, and on Friday, last Friday, Monday, I have lunch with Bill Fay, who created Legendary Pictures, who right away says, hey – 
I bought the rights to Happy Texas, which, uh, you know, I might make you watch it. Steve Zahn and William H. Macy. Steve Zahn, by the way, killing it in Righteous Gemstones this season. We will get we, we will get to that in a second. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm no, we won't. We, it's at the end of the rundown. It's at the end of the rundown. Are you caught up? Yes. Okay, we'll talk at the end of the rundown. You know, but it's this 1999 or 2000, and he bought it. They they they've they've tra- they've hired the playwright, so the play's written. They're probably going to do a six one six week run in Seattle. I talked to him about like you know my cousin Jimmy, and I'm like, hey, you know he's produced these two plays. You know maybe we can you know get some casting. But so I'm talking to Bill, who created Legendary Pictures. You know, and it's funny because just the night before, I watched The Watchmen again, which I've seen a thousand times, and now watches The Watchmen. Thank you. And 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 I just started doing the movie and, and Squishy is like, oh, is this the movie where the guy says, I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked up in here with me. <laughs> and, and it's like, yep, that's who we're having lunch with tomorrow. I just before, you know, logging on to you and I chatting, you know, I just talked with Ronick, who, you know, was on the podcast a while ago, which I'm going to talk about Ronick again in a second. Uh, but Ronick bought six shows from me. We developed three other shows. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so these TV executives who are huge, who have shows on the air, produce the Batman movie, The Hangover, and they take me to lunch and they're like, here's a job. Please move back here. And yet I can't get invited onto the golden toilet show on Lowell Access. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's like I got, I did the show. I'll talk about that in a second, but you know, I did a big showcase Saturday night here at a big place. I got the comedy store coming up. I have the, the federal bar and the knitting factory booked by, you know, Dante, the comic and Sally Mullen, huge people, Saturday night, LA showcases. And I can't get on a, Wednesday night down the Well, do you even sell methamphetamines? I mean, what the hell? Oh man, but it is. It, it, it is so I go to F and H, which Friday night hockey, I see Biff. Dude, this killed me. So I get there early, uh early than I thought, and I'm like, I'm not gonna go in and watch crappy hockey. I'm just gonna go in around eleven thirty, you know, fifteen minutes before it wraps up, and then I'll meet the guys out in the parking lot. And my friend and John text me saying, hey, where are you? I did not know that John wasn't playing because he's on injured reserve and Al the toy man who we've had on the podcast was there and another friend. Three of them who were not playing drove the hour just because we were all going to hang out together. It's like, oh my fucking God. Like when, when you have people driving across the state on a Friday night and dealing with that just to hang out. When you come to town, it's an event. It really, and, and, and so... There's a, few, a bunch of people I don't know, and, and it's become an event. It's like I used to just bring, you know, when the old guy Paul hurt his back, I started bringing the beer and the water for him and the soda, and John paid for it. I went and got it. It was all – now John, and I will post a picture. Dude, in the back of his car, it's a full bar, and I mean that. I mean like 20 different kind of liquors and all this. <laughs> it is insane, and they start smoking cigars now, which uh, gross. But So I'm sitting in – so it's a big semicircle. So it's, I'm, you know, I'm downwind. I'm, you know, I'm upwind and I don't, you know, it doesn't blow my way. They're very respectful of that. But there's one guy I don't know and he's making the rounds. He's shaking people's hands and he comes by, you know, I'm sitting in a chair and he's like, Hey, I'm, I can't remember his name. I'm like, I'm Jacques. He takes one step, goes to shake Biff's hand. He goes, wait, you're Jacques. <laughs> and then he looks back over my shoulder, looks at Tommy and John and they both start nodding their head. And the guy's like, 
okay, I'm going to stay a little while. <laughs> and it was like, it was really, so, so our podcast, there's no reason we do it. There's no reason we start it. And there's no reason we continue it. However, I see all-star Tommy at FNH and you have become like, by the way, his wife adores you. Absolutely nice. adores you. Um, his daughter thought you were the funniest guy. They had such a great night with us. Um, Tommy, cannot get it through his head that no you are not you have more dignity and self-respect than to start doing stand-up like me <laughs> and he cannot understand why either that or i think my middle age is actually further down the line than it actually is <laughs> yes, crisis is, yeah okay so maybe in six years yeah, yeah. So, so tommy was he's like and and he's not arguing with me but he's trying to 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 understand it's like but why did but he does this and every time you have a comic on it they say it's funny i'm like i i know <laughs> you're only frustrating me more Tommy. <laughs> here's the secret and i'll tell everybody now small doses <laughs> small doses you don't want 15 minutes of me trying to formulate jokes and enunciate and be charming or whatever i Trust me, I stink as a human being and as a performer. Uh, so, I mean, just the, doing this podcast, there's a reason why I only speak one sixteenth of the time that you are listening to. By the way, I want to do. I had this thought during the Mike Petrobus sideshow. I want to put out a special sideshow where you only hear Mike Petrobus. literally only that's all you hear not like long spans where you don't hear you like edit you out and see how long the podcast is four minutes yes yeah with the intro right <laughs> including the wow or yeah you know like those types of things the one word answers dude i'm the worst i i i when i have to play these things back just to make sure i'm uploading the right file because done it more than once <laughs> done it more than once uh, and, and i'm like i'm spacing out like just to check the audio here and there it's like and i'll space every five minutes like to scroll I'm like nope still me nope still me no have you breathed yet nope still me and then i texted you when you pub when you finally published the sideshow and when you i have i you know apple podcasts and when you see the title of our episode pop up you're like okay it's an episode titled this or here's the guest of the sideshow your description preamble of mike petrobus's credits in a, in the description of our episode was so long you couldn't see mike petrobus's name it was you know carnival personnel sideshow comedian dad xyz mike petrobus like you had to like you know hit you had to hit agree to some sort of terms and <laughs> terms and conditions of our podcast to see Mike Petrobus's name for that episode. So that's why I texted you afterwards. It's like, if I told you once, I told you a thousand times. First the guest's name, then the rambling. Puppet show. Yeah, then puppet show. The, um, well, it's funny because the one time I got it right, I titled the podcast Ronick Exclamation Point. That was it. <laughs> that, that, that was that, you know. So I'm sitting there talking All-Star, who's talking about how his daughter, who you met, and we went to Nick's, you know, had a great time, all this stuff. So wants to work in the industry, but behind the camera, but doesn't know where. And so here Tommy says, so I told her, and I sent her the episode with Ronick. Because Ronick, and he goes, I remember Ronick talking about 
You know, it was really great. Like, it's so old-fashioned, but get a job in the mailroom at CAA, answering phones and see who this person takes calls from and who they don't return. And sometimes it's a bigger name that they don't call them back. Why? And you, and, and you figure it out and then you become friends with all the other agents, gatekeepers and assistants. And, and then you come up the ladder, but you really find out, you stick it out for two years and you'll know, Oh, I want to be an agent. Oh, I want to be a manager. Oh, I want to be. And it was, such, and it was really great that Tommy was saying what a reference that episode was and i just was able to tell ronick that at lunch so it was really nice so yeah. if this shitty 400 episode of me rambling with you having uh four words every three episodes at least that one uh i really resonate with somebody you know yeah. in a really positive way yeah no it, uh, you do good you do good by yeah, broke as Paul Ruger says, broken clocks right twice a day. But it is, it, dude, it just cracks me up. It's like, you know, Jim McHugh has asked, you know, to help him, you know, do a project, and I'm looking for a tech person. And I reached out to a couple of people who were like almost beneath doing it. I'm like, you, you realize that guy runs the Boston Comedy Festival and owns three clubs in new hampshire and the fact that these some of these kids are just so sure that oh they don't have to network or or, or play the game you know what i mean or to, to get these connections that their comedy is so good it's gonna bleed right through and and i'm like dude okay <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's like you know i mean you know i didn't work in the mailroom at caa but you and i were literally where we worked at that 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 producer's post in Burbank, yes or no, straight up sweatshop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't see so much sweating, but yes, I agree. The poor guys in the back of the mail, but you know, packing yes. up all those things that we did and stuff like that. But it's like it was through that that you know I worked my ass off, and somebody from Touchman Angel was like, "Hey, you are not the dumbest person. Come." be abused on our show, you know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, I work my way up and it's funny when people are like, oh, you know so many people, you're so connected. It's like, yes, because every time somebody said, hey, here's an opportunity to do this or to work with this person, it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna sleep for three days. I don't know what I'm doing, I'll figure it out. But anyways, it's just so, that that's something that I like about being out here and why, you know, this is home to me. Um, that said, as cliche as it is about the cost of living, yep. Yep, gas is about six dollars a gallon. Hmm. Um, I, I went to the store, and, and the little guy who goes through a bottle of Heinz ketchup a week, and it's about you know two fifty to three twenty five at you know market basket, and it's about seven dollars here. So, so the, the thing, things do cost a little more. You Can't know? get it cheaper in Mexico and bring it over. It's just it's just the you know slight bit of a drive, and, and of course, you know, <laughs> so I do. You know, I, I have a car here that is great but it gets eight miles a gallon, <laughs> you know, it's a 2001 oh Ford F50. I have a house here that is great, but the it- Ford Recall. You know, <laughs> um, but no, it is, it is, it's hard. Like every time I'm here, and, and again, you know, before I came out here, you know, because of because of Sally, you know, and, you, know I'll t you know, yeah, I'll dive into that. So um, I did my first showcase on, on uh, Saturday. Um, it was really great. It was, you know, what was great is management who zoomed in was like, oh, I saw All-Star Tommy's name and Dan Cray's name and Ross's name. And so there was really nice that a bunch of people Did like- Did you see my name? 
Uh, did not, no, did not, you know, but, but, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't know to look, you know, under, under any one of your aliases, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Turf Ferguson might have, right. might have popped up, funny name, Turf Ferguson. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but here's the problem. It was a small club. It was great. They have this outdoor and like this, out, it's in it's this indoor, outdoor, and depending on how nice it is, they move it outdoor. There was supposed to be five comics, two got added on. Um, the quality was fantastic. The problem for me is um, is because so many people logged on to the Zoom and showed up to see me, they moved me right before the headliner and gave me an extra five minutes. Oh. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, okay. Oh, no. Um, it was You're funny. Too good. Actually, I bought the little guy. You know, um, and it, and it was funny because, of course, you know, a couple comics noticed, you know, sitting in the back and pointed it out, and 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 you know, they're like, "Oh, I hope this is okay with him." And I just put my hands on It's fine. But at one point, when I do the bit about being super jealous, it's like you would give anything to see this again for the first time. Like you would sell your second kid's kidney, and you know, gets a laugh. And I'm like, if you got a second kid, you get that. You know, like, a lot of people looked at him. Was like, he must be the second kid. <laughs> figured that out a, a, a little bit um a, a little bit early but no dude it was super fun um teo comedy it's it's you know it's a workshop it's a showcase place it's owned by uh, sally mullen's best friend bobby who herself you look her up she has tv credits you know up the wazoo her and her husband have been running this place both touring comics for decades absolute sweethearts like absolute absolute sweethearts just the vibe of their place was fantastic um here was a fun thing every comic stayed and as did their friends almost like it was a real comedy show at a real place on a saturday night and people were there to laugh you know uh so by i went up there you know, there's still like 40 people you know what i mean who paid 15 bucks to see this and laughed you know at the right place uh where you know again i was so happy when somebody when i do that what's your what's a show you'd like to see again and somebody says a show like the first time i did it somebody said breaking bad and i just finished watching breaking bad so i'm like oh my god the part in the desert when he says say my name and i really bow with the guy well this guy you know one of the guys is like venture brothers and i'm like oh mm. at the end of season one when you find out there's clones and the guy's like yes it's crazy so everybody could feed off our excitement you know like oh man super jealous of watching that and then when i take the left turn it was like it really worked it really helps sells the septifuse if um if you know but but it was it was it was really fun um like i said uh i have I have to turn something down tomorrow because um you know we'll get into that oh, european okay. football takes ah, <laughs> yes. you know again um but then you know sally is host sally mullins is hosting the show at the federal bar on the 8th uh, which my cousin is back in town from and so he will be going some of his snl friends will be going you know but yet that still won't help me get on the golden boot <laughs> showcase at the knittering factory in front of half the growlings theater but uh yeah no it's just, it's fine it's all it's good i'm fine how are you <laughs> Let's hey, see. You know, it's you're you know, you're, it's not your crowd, I guess. I don't know. You're Dude. better. You're better. You're just better than them. That's all. That's <laughs> you're better than them. No, and and, and they're great. But no, it, it, I just think it's funny. It's like 
who who returns my calls? Who calls me? Who's been on the podcast and who's because it's, it's funny. You're like the guy who came out from like another country who used to be royalty, but now he's an Uber driver. <laughs> you know, like that's you in Boston. It's just like, you know, in LA, you know, I'm kind of, kind of a big deal. Oh yeah. Well here you're, you can't get on the golden <laughs> toilet comedy hour or whatever. You, you know, well, well, it's funny because you think it's like, there's been so many people I do open mics with who's yeah, no, I don't know if I want to do you a little podcast. Steve Bjork, sure. <laughs> you know, Mike, yeah. sure. You know, uh, you know, Dante the comic, sure. Yeah. But he he manages three hundred internationally drawn comics, but this guy who's been doing comedy for three months uh, at the safe can't seem to find the time to <laughs> chat with them. And good for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I applaud. You know, they they I applaud their integrity. Um, so. <sighs> So now moving on to other things. My oldest, uh, who, who you know, lifeguard this summer, um, as I said to Joe, and I don't know if anybody but you would get this. Maybe a few people. Rona got it. He is a lifeguard at a city pool in the city of Lowell. It's right in the worst part of Lowell. It is. It is literally. I don't know the right term for where a lot of the people live in very confined housing, not a jail across the street. And I know what we used to call these places. I don't know the right terms. And there's low income housing, very low. Yeah. And then there's two on house shelters at the end of the street. One way there's the non-denominational church, which feeds breakfast and lunch on the other side of the park. There's a lot of tents in between, and he is working in a Norman Lear sitcom where the casting person said, all right, we need an Asian girl. We need a Dominican guy. We need a black kid. Oh, let's long hair white kid. Okay, you're over here. You're the token white kid. And it's great. It's it, it's so – that's the part. The, all the lifeguards, it is, it is so diverse and it's so fun, and the kids – are really good. They're having a good time. Um, you know, it's it's funny how many times he's got hit on and it, it weirds him out that, you know, when he has to tell somebody, uh, I'm 15. And then they're like, oh, uh, I was giving you this number in case somebody asks you a question you shouldn't ask. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, so it's fun. Um, but he only had – because he's and he's not supposed to, you know. We're not in Arkansas; they still have child labor laws here, but it's only six, seven weeks, and he doesn't mind. But he's working seven days a week, you know. Hmm. And, Interesting. You know, or, or he's supposed to work six days, but anyways. So, so well, he uh, works. He works five days and volunteers too. That's yeah, how I think that's good. what it is. But he like he likes making money. Feels good about it. But he had two days off, and he's like, "Can we go do like a road trip?" I'm like, "Let's go." So I came home from doing the safe a couple of weeks ago, pulled in, pulled in the driveway around 10, 30, 11, took a quick shower. We were in the car by midnight. We were in Times Square at 3.30 in the morning. And we get out, we walk around, and the boys are just – they just love that. They love just that there's a place that's so alive. Um, the food carts, you know, the people pouring out of the bars and restaurants that still have a half hour before closing time, w- walked around Rock Center, all that stuff. Um and then we got in the car, we drove an hour, you know, to the rest stop near the Six Flags. We're going to roll in first thing in the morning. We do that. We spend all day at Six Flags, going to drive straight home with a stop in New York. And 
because the oldest guy wanted to like dig for old rap albums in a used record store and the other kid wanted to go by the Pele store and get some more jerseys, you know, for European white trash, you know, douchebags. Uh, well, no, none of them are white trash. They're all Brazilian. They're all Portuguese. They're all, you know, always. There's a whole mix of trash there. It's, it's like, yeah, commingled. But I will say, I will say, all of them are gorgeous. Holy crap. I think like the, the wife noticed that like 20 years ago, with the exception of a couple people here and there, I think you have to be attractive to be a quarterback in the NFL. You got to be six, four shoulders, you know, mile long and attractive. Anyone can throw a football 50 yards, <laughs> but what was, what's going to put butts in seats? You know what so I'm saying? Got, got thrown. So we get, we get back and we, we're at a tiny record store in the Bowery and He's digging, and it was just so fun. It was just, it was that moment, him and his brother are just digging through these used record things. And, you know, he looks like Jason Muniz, 80 degrees, and he has the same, heavy, you know, this winter jacket he loves, his knit hat, and he's just digging through these old bins. I find literally on the bottom shelf, like, I had to, like, move the dust off it, but I find these two boxes of comedy albums, which... My first thought is, oh, my God, this weird album. I'm going to get it for Joe. Then I'm like, eh. Like this mom's Mabelie album that they're asking $3 for, I get. But this weird album, when was it $3? I'm like, yeah, it's a joke gift. He might have it or or whatever. But then when you're like, yes, get it. I'm like, okay, good. Uh, but I did because um, Dante the comic had just been on saying, oh, kids don't know these people and these people. And a friend of mine who has a great podcast, he just started um, – do an open mic called open mic pain. It's a, it's a really fun podcast, but they've only been in like two, three months. I picked up a bunch of those albums that Dante saying people should know their history. I got $185 worth of albums. Oh my God. It's a stack, but, but it's this big. I mean, and do we have a record player? Yeah. 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 Okay. Man, because management like Duran Duran a couple of years ago started putting out limited special record yeah. things. So so yeah, and records came back like ten years ago. Oh we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go into Newberry Comics now and buy, I, you know, freshly pressed LPs on vinyl. And so I um, so I get up to the counter, and I say to the guy, you know, I got one hundred and forty bucks. It's one hundred eighty-five dollars worth of records, and I'm like. I think that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, like this, I'm like that Mons Mabley album for three dollars. Oh, Steve Martin, um, comedy isn't pretty. The double album. They're asking like six bucks. It's been sitting there for thirty years. You yeah. know what I mean? If they take three bucks, it'd be yeah. psyched. Steve Martin's uh, face. He, he rubbed his eyes when you pulled it out from <laughs> <laughs> the back of the room. He's been uh, there a long time. Is what I'm saying. The light, anyway, the light shined in his face. Um, and uh and honestly if i get up to the counter it's a time room's tiny and i say to the guy it's like hey i got 140 bucks can we make something happen Fuck! did i fail as a parent the 15 year old goes oh papa i have more money oh i look right at him and i do i said whose fucking side are you on <laughs> the guy started laughing goes give me 160 i'm like okay that's fine and then and then the, we get outside and he's like i'm so sorry Papa. i'm so sorry like dude this is a failing on me this isn't you like th this this is 100 percent. listen he's part korean and part whatever 
He's not part Jewish. Is that what I'm saying? Like he's got. <laughs> oh no! I'm, I'm telling. What you, I'm the, joking about the, here. The, Hello. The Koreans are the Jews of Asia. They just somewhere his That's mother, true. mother, his you know his grandmother's rolling around in her grave in law. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's disgraced his family heritage. What, yes. what, what, what is that old? Oh God, uh, Jackie Mason. I remember him saying like. You know, that's why the world gave, that's why God gave the world Christians. Somebody has to buy retail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but I did when I'm like, who's son are you fucking? Oh, the guy just starts laughing. Yes. Grayson gives me, you know, it was 20 bucks. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, dude, it's worth the 20 bucks for the story. Like, you know I, mean? <laughs> I, I want to amend my thing. You know, he's, he's part uh, Korean, part whatever. He's not part Portuguese. You know what? That's, you know. <laughs> He doesn't know how to haggle. Do you want me to send you the files to edit this? I know I don't. No, no, no. Just put it out there. You know what? I don't care. What's going to I don't care. I don't care. What's going to happen? You get canceled. You've been begging to be canceled. (laughs) So we had such a great time. We pull in the driveway 3.30 in the morning, Wednesday night slash Thursday morning. Get inside. I let the little guy just sleep in the car because we build a bed in it. You know, it's 1976. It's okay. Who needs seatbelts? I put, you know, the whole bed back there. He's all good. I just, you know, crack the windows, go inside. Um, 4.30, 5 o'clock, like uh, uh, 12 and a half, 13 hours later, I'm looking on Instagram and I see the advertisement and I say, fuck. My wife's like, what's the matter? I hand management the phone and she goes, well, don't panic. Maybe he doesn't want to go. You know, calls down on the Alexa and says, hey, Squish, come upstairs. There's a pause. You're not in trouble. (laughs) So he comes upstairs. I hand him my phone and he looks at his mom and looks at the phone and looks at me and looks at the phone. It's like, are we going? I'm like, do you want to go? He couldn't comprehend such a stupid question being asked. Right. When, how hard did he hit you when you when you well, asked him that? He he was he was a nineteen fifty something science fiction robot that you put too much information in, mm. and he just the steam's coming out. He couldn't compute, can't compute. Uh, Manchester United, his beloved, excuse me, his beloved Manchester United was playing Arsenal and the Meadowlands, right where we were. <laughs> <laughs> you went right past it. Oh, so, so honestly, it's 24 hours later, you know, so I had a show Friday night in, in, in Haverhill and got home at around like midnight, right back. But this time he didn't sleep. I had the bed made in the back, but he just was so excited. Like the whole time we got to the, as you remember, the Vince Lombardi uh, rest stop in the shadows of the Meadowland. Yes. Um. And and then we you know about you know four thirty five in the morning there was like construction we got right down there but it took a little while I sleep for like three four hours the the parking lot doesn't open until noon and the ticket office doesn't open till noon I'm like we're just gonna get tickets there at like ten thirty I'm driving around the lot to kind of scope it out where's the best place to park so I can get out of here at the end of the day and i see the ticket office and i'm driving I'm, now i'm looping around the other side and i'm like oh my god i can save 50 bucks and get in here early i'm on the other side of the parking lot and there's a guy kid you know manning like what not really a gate but like you can just move the little barrier you know to get in and i we had just gone to shake shack and i hold up the bag and i'm like i'm from doordash dropping off at carol at the ticket office do you know what lot i'm supposed to be in the guy goes oh just you know it's on the other side but you can cut through here and blah 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 he, little guy wouldn't let me do it he was so afraid oh. 
and this and this is a guy who I started teaching to drive when he was 11 only because he's going to drive a car before he's 16 and I want to give him a shot at getting the car home in one piece. <laughs> you know, he knows, he knows to say, I want a lawyer, you know, mm -hmm. you know he's, we, we prepped him for the inevitabilities uh, that he will be facing, but he was so afraid that we would get busted and they wouldn't let us into the game. So he wouldn't let me. He wanted to be, he wanted to play this straight. Yeah, he was he was sober. He was on his best behavior. He did not want anything to go wrong that would prevent him from seeing this game. And you know what? Good for him. I, I good. Joe, I tore my rotator cuff patting myself on the back. Mm. I thought I was a fucking genius. We would have been in the lot an hour early, not have to pay the 50 bucks. And uh, it worked out, though. It's fine. It's fine. We got great tickets. We got great tickets. Um, everything worked out. And it turned out the game was fantastic. And this little fuck blew me away. Like, he's so into the weeds on this that Arsenal, two-thirds of the way through the game, is subbing in three players. He doesn't follow Arsenal. He's a Man U kid. And he's like, oh, he came over on a transfer for Tottenham. Oh, this guy played in La Liga, and he's on loan. And, they, and I'm like, how, how do you know the reserves for Arsenal? You know? But but the whole atmosphere turns out it was the most watched game in the state of New York. Uh, you know, a, a European football game, wow. eighty two thousand two hundred and sixty paid people in attendance. It was it was really family. It was great because we we do we park the car, we're playing foots. You know, we're playing a little footy in the parking lot with like the family next to us. But now we're walking up to the ticket office when it opens. Two kids get out of their car. Let's say one of them's five and one of them's three, one of them's six, one of them's four. And the older kid is wearing an Arsenal shirt and he pulls it down so he it, so you can really see the crest and he's pointing at the logo. And the four-year-old gives my kid a thumbs down. <laughs> and we're looking at them and I'm looking at the mom and she's looking at the kids and we all just start laughing because my kid has a Man U jersey. And it's like, oh, it starts early. Oh, it was just... And the and and they both the, the stadiums are singing each other's song. You know the Arsenal people have their song. It was fantastic. There's a guy next to me, uh, you know, and it was great because he loved it. You know, my little guy was into it, and they were chatting, and they were like, you know, talking. This guy is huge. It's huge. I took a picture with him. You know, it turns out like he's from Ghana. You know, he's lived here since he's like eight, nine, and he played until he was like high school. Then he played basketball. He went to get a snack. He came back and he handed me a beer like it was a Heineken. I, I drank it. You know, okay. I didn't say no. I didn't, you know, not like, uh, no, you know. Yes, when in, uh, when in wherever you are <laughs> but then it's funny so we're in the we're in the fourth row and we go to take a picture like you know one of the breaks and he stands up and takes one step down and he's all panicky he's like because we're right at the balcony he's like i'm afraid of heights i put my hand on his back I'm like dude i got you and he starts he's like 350 pounds <laughs> <laughs> and if i post the picture i'm standing two steps above him and he's still a little taller than me um and so i tried it you know i try you know so i hand it to my little guy after i take a sip and he's like he's like 
no, I don't want to drink beer. And I'm like, dude, dude, it's fine. It's like the way it works is there's two European teams playing in the field. So it's kind of like an embassy. So you get to go by the European rules and you can. And and the way I said it is like, oh, that makes sense. But beer is still gross. So no, but but dude, it was great. And uh, and we did. We, you know, we drove down and back in the same day, you know, ish. And yeah, so we left the house at midnight and we pulled back in the driveway one in the morning, you know, Sunday morning. And man. I mean, you just know how to live. You guys, you, you're just, you know, you, you see something you want and you just say, Let, yeah, let's go. Let's get well, up and do it. And um, what I do is I uh, sit and stare at glowing rectangles all day. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I, and you go, you know what? I raise my kids to do the same. So they will not have to face uh, any sort of uh, challenges or responsibilities until it's way too late. But you're a By then, speller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be happy. That's that's mm, well, you, you haven't you haven't made out with the wrong end. Of, you haven't pulled a Kirk Colbin yet. He was gone by you know twenty. You know, he never made it to thirty. So you're ahead of the game. Oh yes. So no, and so we get to L.A. I was offered a comedy show, a comedy store thing again. Thank you, Sally. That I said yes to. But then we found out Barcelona is playing Milan tomorrow in Vegas. So I've rented a car and we will be leaving at nine in the morning tomorrow to drive straight to Vegas to see Barcelona play Milan. And uh, you get there, walk right into the propeller, right into the propeller. Oh, but, but to have to say no, now, now would I say no to the golden toilet and probably because those bookings just don't come every day. But comedy store is always going to be there, you know. Comedy store, you know. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's going to be the trip as I go out to that, and um, and then literally I'm going to see you know um, our you know your friend your friend Jimmy a couple times. Um, we've already done, gone to Universal twice. Have not got to ride mario yet because we got to the park at 7 30. the park doesn't open till late we're in the park at 7 30. they let you in the park a half hour early but they you can walk down main street to where the ride stop and so you're in the park technically a half hour before opens at eight you run right to the escalators you run right downstairs and it's a three-hour wait because it comes to find out we did not know this. You can pay an extra twenty-five dollars per person to get in early to just get on that ride, and enough uh, people do that. That even if you plan early, even if you buy a season pass that you're only going to use for two weeks and you spend six hundred bucks, it does not get you on those rides. Not good enough. So, so I figured something out. I kind of know how the system works. We got passes, so when we go back, I told them you were with DoorDash. I did, but this time he's not afraid. So <laughs> I, I, I just pulled out a name. I'm like, I'm Carol. I'm dropping off a Carol in the ticket office from DoorDash. And I knew it was on the other side of the parking lot. So he'd be like, oh, just come through here and drive around. So when I drive around, nobody's going to say, it's like, how did this guy get in here? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, fine. And it's just, mm. oh, he cost me. He cost me 50 bucks there. The other one cost me $30 at the record store. It's like, dude, I mean, we're doing okay, but yeah tourniquet on the bleeding yeah but so that's so so much, yeah so like i said and then uh the 15 minutes at, 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 at tile comedy went really good um i will i actually i've never posted something from a show but i posted something today on instagram from the show the introduction um because the guy made the mistake look 
this guy's been running a club forever, and he has comics write their own intro that he's going to read <laughs> and that he didn't pre-read before calling me up. <laughs> And he's like, you know, this next comic. You could write anything on that. <laughs> yes, I did. And so he's like, uh, he's like, you know, this next comic comes for us in Boston. He's the co-host of the comedy podcast Carnival Personality. He's like, looks at me, goes, did I say that right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, Carnival Personality. And he's a great kisser. <laughs> and then, like, everybody laughs. So, I, dude, did I get the cheap laugh before I got the mic? Yes. It's called priming the pump. <laughs> you know, am I going for the cheap laugh once I'm handed the mic? Yes. Will I do a pratfall as I hand the mic back to get on stage? 100%. I'm not above any of that. Um, but it was great. But, I, but um, you know, uh, and then, yeah, like I said, then the Federal Bar slash Knitting Factory on the 8th. Super excited about, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be coming home, but how long I'll be staying, I don't know. It, it, it depends if the Golden Boot gives me a book. Mm. <laughs> but that's man, a, you're really a good thing you're not hung up on that uh, slight because um, you would. Um, I, I can't. Well, the thing is, I can only remember that because I can't remember the names of the other shows. But I like, like I'll see our friend Extina, and, you know, and Nick at these cool shows, and like, huh. I know the person who booked that. I wonder why they didn't call me. Oh, I suck. That's why. <laughs> and start. you're old. And, and you're old. old. I'm old. Like, really? Like, who really wants their dad coming to all these? Yeah. I exactly. would 100% get it. No, Hello, I really fellow didn't. kids. <laughs> Six months later, it was like little Susie. Um, no, so, so it's been fun. And honestly, the fact that I, I have a place out here, the fact that I have a card here, the fact that I have the, the only thing is like, you know, it's just those dream squashers in, in management and management is fine. Management has been saying the last couple of years, just go. Cause she travels a lot for work and stuff like that. It's like, and she travels for a concert. She's like, yeah, instead of going, you know, to see 14 more Duran Duran shows, my trips will be out there. You know what I mean? It's like, we wouldn't see it other than like that much less. But I just can't be away from the dream squashers. I just can't. And it's like the oldest one, you know, the last six months, the relationship is just different because he's a man now. You know, it's just conversations and just and the little guy who, you know, had a really trying last couple of years is, you know, this whole football thing has really kind of focused and it's changed our lives. And now I'm a sports dad who's at the pitch six days a week. And, you know, just before we left, he had – to you know he had a camp 9 a.m to noon on one side of lowell come home swim with his buddies for a couple hours and then drive them to their team practice from 5 30 to 8. and that's our life and it's a great fucking life i have a great fucking life you know if somebody offers me another two to 25 job that i can work three days a week from home i i think i would take it <laughs> and i would just fly out every week you know, I don't, I don't mind the long flights. I, I really don't. Um, I, I, re I really do not mind the long flights. So if, if I get like a two two fifty job and they're like, yeah, you can hybrid it, but you know, we'll find out, you know, but also if that goes into production and bill, bill is going to Europe for work for two weeks, he's home for a week, then he's taking the entire family, his entire family tree rented a yacht uh, and they're going sailing. And he said he will do the podcast after that. <laughs> is the uh, is the yacht named White Privilege? Dude, it's, it, you know, I mean, it's it's funny because 
And I like you, by the way. If I get a job two two twenty five, the three days a week, yeah, I think I could be. Maybe it, it is just like listen to yourself, listen well, no, to no, you. That's what you need to do out here. Like you, uh, honestly, you you for for us to have the same standard of living, you you have to be the oh, big yeah. one one fifty to two. That, I mean, that's the bit we want to be able to buy out here. We want to, you know, you know, this house. If if we were in the same house out here now. As you know, you know how the house is. This this house was bought six years ago, seven years ago for five. There hasn't been a light bulb change in it, and it's like now eight fifty, eight seventy five. You know, yeah. The neighborhood didn't get three hundred fifty thousand dollars better. The school, you know, you the, get a deal if you have good firefighting skills. Uh, like, fuck. Um, hopefully we're far enough away from all those, but no, but that's, that's the whole thing. It's like for the same standard of living, but you know, if you take that job, I'm flying back and forth once a week on my own dime. Like they're not gonna, you know, or, okay, it's vacation. Everybody comes out, the boys come out here and stuff like that. Then it's three flights out here. So it would have to be that in order to do it because the, the universal great, the universal music gig, it's true. It's like, you know, uh, they had told everybody six months ago because everyone was working from home. Yeah, you're in the office two to three days a week, which I don't, I don't get why, but I don't you get gotta it. justify that rent. You know, right. No. That's what, that's all it is. All it is. You know, you own those buildings in Santa Monica and God damn it, you're gonna, you, yeah, know, you have to occupy them. You need to have a reason to have cleaning staff on, on site. So, so, so yeah, no, if, if one of those jobs pop, then, then, then great. But otherwise it's you no, know, Home doing the safe on Tuesday, and and and, you, and with your wind face pressed up against the window of the golden what's it called toilet golden toilet, you're just out there like a pauper in a Dickensian novel. Another bull. All right. <laughs> what day is it? You know, <laughs> my it's Christmas. <sighs> oh, so so that that's all well and good. Um, you know. The, the writer strike, you know, is still happening. Is there any end in sight? Has anybody even hinted that that's? No, I think the writer, I think they knew going into this that the writer's strike was going to be quite the long haul. And the producers, I think, were on board with that as well. I think they were like, yeah, I think we can stake this out and smoke them out for about eight months, nine months. Yeah. I think that, you know, what was the prognosis as far as the producers were concerned, as far as how long it would take for all the writers in the, in the United States to go hungry and broke and homeless. Yeah. I'm sorry. Unhoused. I it's, it's, well, at least hopefully the SAG uh, strike will, you know, put even more pressure unless of course they keep granting like, you know, little waivers and exceptions. Well, it's funny. They have these waivers and exceptions. On the other hand, they told influencers, it's like, I know you're not under the SAG umbrella, but if you ever want to be, you can't do this kind of content. Hmm. Influence who have never benefited by any of the SAG stuff, you know, are now being told, yeah, you can't do movie reviews and you can't promote these things and you can't promote these different things if you want to possibly do a SAG thing. And that's a real shitty scare tactic because, like, honestly, you think five years from now when it it goes away and everything's back to the way it shittily was – they're not going to go to influencers and have them, you know, sign on for shitty deals. And 100% they will. Um, so that's, but, you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk politics for just a tiny second. To, so today. That was great. Good politics talk. 
No, it's interesting. You know, uh, Tuberville, Tommy Tuberville. Am I saying the guy's right? He was a football coach. He's now a senator from Arkansas. Oh, I don't know. I think it's Arkansas. Tommy Tuberville. It sounds like a made-up name. He was a college football coach. Became a senator like just you know months before like the overthrow that he was voted in. You know, as far as that overthrow of the government, and was one of those people who, you know, had text exchanges the day of and. Bad dude, just an overall. Yeah, right. I was gonna say good guy, bad guy. No, bad guy. You no, said he, Arkansas, so well, I was like, yeah, okay. Well, he's the one that the White House was trying to call him, and actually called a Democrat, like Congressperson, by mistake, and was saying <laughs> X, Y, and C, and that's how they knew what was going on with certain things. Anyways, he for the last year has been holding up military promotions. Big deal, right? Big deal. No, the Joint Chiefs of Staff have gone to the Senate saying, please. We have thousands of military families who are supposed to be transferred to bases here, bases here. Like these are like generals who are taking over this base and this base and these people are, you know, rotate out and are, are now stuck and their families are stuck because the military has a law. If you are in the military and you're stationed somewhere where a woman can't make medical choices for herself, that the military lets you take time and will transport you to a state. So if you're if you're stationed in Kuwait, and you know you have, you, you decide, oh, I don't want to be pregnant. Uh, the military will transport you, you know, back to the states for a procedure or whatever. Or if you're in Arkansas, they will give you three weeks leave and transport you to a state. So because you know you can't choose to where you're where you're stationed, unless the military does away with that law, he will not grant any military. Uh, promotions, oh. which, which the Joint Chiefs of Staff have gone to the Senate to, to you know, uh, Mitch and, and, and Schumer and says, this is hurting our military readiness. It is hurting the military morale. It's also really screwing with these military families who have to roll their kids in school and can't and, and are supposed to move from they work in this base in San Diego, but they've been transferred to this base in, in Wisconsin and everybody's on hold and it is short staffing us at bases around the world. It's and this guy is just sitting, sitting by the sidelines, like, you know, Mr. Potter going, well, suddenly I've become quite important. 1000%. And it's just him. It's just him holding it up. And right. it's a good, it's a good system. We got going great. Yeah. Fantastic system. And you know, at least I like it because it gives one person the, power to buck the entire system the entire when, they see, when they see you know a cause that they are passionate about and the, the, of course it's there to further the common good right. not 100 right not for any other purposes and so so today dark biden said okay well for the last two years it's been in the works that we are moving the space control you know um center from colorado to Arkansas. We're not. You just cost your state thousands and thousands of jobs, and we're going to keep it, and we're re-signing the lease, and everybody's going to stay in Colorado, and you just shot yourself in the foot. So thank you for screwing with military families. Thanks for screwing with military readiness, and thank you for costing your state, you know, this huge opportunity for these great high-paying jobs um, in your region. So Fuck you. So literally, it's official that the Colorado, like, you know, and I don't know exactly if it's, and I, I still can't believe that it's a real thing, but space, um, 
that Space you Force. Space Force. That like this, they made a TV show about it. It's I saw season one. They made two TV shows about it. I saw season one. It was fun. Not enough to jump on board for season two. No, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but that just happened today. So uh, done with politics. But yep, once again. To, what did Mitch have to say about it? Uh, he was a little shaky about it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It actually left him speechless. Yeah, yeah. It, you know? it would. It would. Do uh, do I feel at all bad about that? Nah. Thank you. Uh, let's see. You know, got any game reviews? Uh, what am I playing? I'm not really doing anything new-ish. Um, no, I think we'll skip the game review this week. You know, it's summer, baby. You know, everybody's outside. Nobody's playing video games now. I have not played a game in a couple months now, you know. And I, and I did. I brought Gotham Knights with me thinking, oh, maybe I'll throw this. I've been busy. Like, like you know, I've been busy, you know, doing book shows at famous clubs on Saturday night. <laughs> video games Hollywood. are for, you know, children and sad, sad people. And I'm a sad person, but... Um, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I kid. I kid the video gaming community because I am a gamer. But, you know, um, you know, if it's not Tears of the Kingdom, it's crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's no sports anymore except European football. And, I'll, you know, I'll give you the update. It was um, uh, Man U beat Arsenal 2-0 at Meadowlands Stadium last week. Oh, I was watching. So it was one of those things where Wrexham – Wrexham is – was a level five team and now they're level four team. It was a huge promotion last year. It was great. Um, and they got to play Manchester U, Man City. I think it was Man City. No, Man U. They played Man U and a friendly in San Diego, but it was their reserve team, but it was still a huge honor. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing the second string New England Patriots and you're, you know what I mean? You know, uh, 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 or, or the Red Sox, and you're a softball team. <laughs> anyway, the problem is their goaltender for Man U, the reserve goaltender, he apologized publicly. It was an accident. He was not paying attention, but he absolutely severely destroyed and punctured the lung of the number one player on Wrexham. And he might be out for the season, hopefully not his career. And so even Ryan Reynolds is like, it was an amazing honor to get to play like, you know, Wrexham, not at the cost of Paul Mullins, right. you know, and it was, it was, it was brutal. It was like one of those hits, like in football or hockey that you don't want to see, like, you know what I mean? And it was one of those things where everybody in the stadium saw it coming, but him mm-hmm. and he, and, the, and he was given up eight inches and maybe 60 pounds to the goalkeeper who came way out of his box to play a ball that he's really not supposed to. It's like, it should have been a red card. And even the officials afterwards said, yeah, if probably they missed giving that goalie a red card because you can't, you know, if it's a play where somebody's going to like kind of have to bend down to head the ball, you can't scissor kick it. You know what I mean? And take off somebody's head. It's, it's a dangerous play and you have to kind of regulate yourself. Um, so that was awful. And, uh, but yeah, the only other sports, the only other sport is me driving to Vegas to see man, uh, Milan play Barcelona. I think I'm going to root for Milan, knowing nothing about the two teams except, you know, who really wants to root for dirty Spaniards when, you know, no, I've been to Milan. So that's, that's the only reason I'm basing it. I think the little guy is a Barcelona guy. But the same thing, he's like, so-and-so plays on this and so-and-so. And he just, I'm like, okay. This is going to be the whole way. I thought five hours. Am I going to have to hear about transfers? Uh, which is a great thing. Now, on to streaming, on to TV shows. Joe, what have you been watching? Well, I have been uh, 
Keeping Up with the Righteous Gemstones on HBO or Max. Uh, I I enjoy it. I, I enjoy that show so well. Um, I, I you know I, I like listening to Danny McBride on the Smartless podcast a couple of weeks ago. That was entertaining. Um, yeah, I I mean the the show doesn't stop being awesome. The last uh, did you watch the most recent episode? Oh, really, yep. It's what a, what a roller coaster ride that 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 recent episode was. Well, Actually, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Great. I'm that's... not. I'm not completely caught up. I apologize. We're recording this on Monday. I didn't watch Sunday night's show. Oh, okay. So I didn't watch. I'm sorry. I'm apologize. I lied. I am not completely caught up. I watched the second to most recent episode where there's a kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and it's so funny. At one point, like you know, they're watching like. You know, you know the news, and I'm watching on Fox News, breaking news on Fox. I'm like, of course, I'm watching Fox. <laughs> like, even like that little detail was perfect. But yeah, okay, so you haven't seen the last episode. Um, the last three episodes, the last three or four episodes, it, it, dark. Yeah, dark. When BJ has that, like that breakdown. Yeah, you know, I I'm like, did he? Did he? Kill, mm, kill, kill, right, like that, yeah, like how how bad did it be? Yeah, dead. Uh, you know, although it was a funny scene. It was a funny scene. It was a funny scene. Um, yes, Steve Zahn is just that character is just. Yeah, Steve Zahn plays, um, the father, the kind of a strange father of the cousins, to the three kids, the three righteous gemstone kids. And um, yeah, he's, he's a, you know, he pops up in like a bunch of stuff like Steve Zahn. I first kind of, I first got onto Steve Zahn with that thing you do. And, um, you know, from there you would see like, oh, here, I remember him, that guy. And then eventually you learn his name and rightfully so, because he's a very, he went from being a competent actor to being a very good actor. And, what it, and, and it's funny because I couldn't place him at the beginning of the season. Now I'm blanking on it. He just did something last year that was huge and great. Oh, um, 8-Bit Christmas, anyone? No, yeah. he wasn't 8-Bit Christmas. But um, but he was I, just something. I'm like, oh, right. Because he, he looks totally different. Uh, I'll have to IMDB it. You keep yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore because you know, I, you know, until you see it. But yeah, I, I, that's such a great show. And, and, and Danny McBride. It's funny because when you're done watching a show, and they're like, "Oh, you might also like this," and his resume comes up, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Like Danny McBride. I don't know. I mean, prolific. You know, I don't know. I don't know anybody who's put out more content in the last. 20 years than that guy like full on he's he's kind of like the american ricky gervais like yeah but full on series and then you're like created by how many of the episodes he's written how many episodes he's directed like he is just great he is just really even in like the he does like a a downy commercial where he's like riding this sort of like all-terrain vehicle around throwing downy samples at you know suburban residents and even that's funny even that's funny um yeah, yeah John, he, was he in? I mean, he was in Planet of the Apes years ago. Um, he was in the White Lotus recently. White Lotus, season. that's it. That's it. Season one of White Lotus. I I did not watch season two because I hated it so much. I know it won all these awards, but 
it, it, and it was, it was, you know, White Lotus is these white people at this resort in a poor country just being the worst of the worst of the worst people. And his character was not one of the, his, his character was one of the only like redeeming characters, but I'm like, so it was like three or four episodes in a gemstones. I'm like, what do I know him for? But he looked so different. Yeah. You know, and the other one, he was short haired and always wearing like a, a polo shirt and like khaki pants. In my heart, he'll always be sketch from that thing you do. Um, or the dad from the Diary of a Wimpy Kid uh, movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> something from my kid's generation. And now for me, it's it's Happy Texas, mm. you know? Uh, and it, and it, yeah, so so that's it. If so Bill says, hey, come work on Happy Texas. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I move away from the kids. for. I could do it for a three or four month project, you know, and go do, you know, go run that. And I said that to him, I'm like, I said, did you, just say, oh, you know what? I've done this and I've done this, but never, never produce a play. Why don't, why don't I do that in my seventies? Like, you know, and he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. So we, so we can, yeah. But, but righteous gemstones. We, we will table the rest of the talk because rats. I thought I was all caught up, and then I forgot. Oops. No, nope, no. Nope, you know what? Nope. I, I wanted to watch it last night, and then it was like too early. It was like, I think it was just airing on hbo so it wasn't on max yet silly me it, it's great and, and then i had to get up for that what do you call it job well grown-ups have those yeah yeah and that's it um you, you got you got a parenting tip there joe uh let's see i would say if you wanted to uh, be a good parent and i mean a really good parent um i would say parent your kids you know like don't don't you know, interact with them, take them to as many, you know, soccer games or um, concerts or what have you, anything that'll interact them with the real world um, as much as possible. That, that's what I say. Don't, don't just, you know, park them in front of a screen because it, um, you know, it, 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 that, that'll buy you some time, but then um, it'll also, it, it not so good. Oh, just let me just put it that way. I understand. Not so good. So my parenting tip is, you know, yeah, parenting tip, relationship, marriage tip too, maybe. Um, pretend to give a shit. It, it, it buys so much good goodwill. Let me give you an example. I can't name a bunch of European football stars from the early nineties. <laughs> However. Because the little guy plays so much FIFA, and I guess there's a there's a there's a facet on it where you can put together historical teams like legends. So you can have Maradona from the '80s playing with Pele from the '70s on a team with David Beckham from the '90s. So he knows players all over, and he gets excited about random players who I've never heard of. And when he says, "Oh, do you know this player?" Well. I'm guessing he's not going to get all goofy about defenders. So you got midfielders and strikers. So, so, so I got a 50-50 chance of saying, oh, yeah, yeah, he was a midfielder, right? And if sometimes midfielders will play up and sometimes, you know, strikers will, 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 will drop back. So even if you're wrong, you're kind of right. And it makes it sound like I know and it just keeps his passion going and it keeps him dialed in and focused. So, you know, my parenting tip is, you know, you don't have to care and you don't have to learn anything. Pretend to care. Uh, it's kind of like your 
attitude towards all of life. Fake it till you make it, you know? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And, you know, and, and with this whole comedy thing, I'm, I'm, I'm pretending to care. And maybe one day if I play my cards right, I'll get to be on the golden toilet. <laughs> oh, man. I mean... I mean, was it named after the Trump White House bathroom? It's got to be right. You know what? If I ever get booked, I'll ask. (laughs) Yeah. If I ever know. Is there a toilet you sit on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, according to some of the pictures that I've seen, some of these other, you know, you know, amazing, much better than me comics, you know, out there doing, you know. You've heard tell. I, I really have. I really, I really have. But, uh, but Joe, thank you for indulging me. Sorry again, you know, to Biff who's under the weather. And hopefully, you know, when I book somebody like next week, somebody out here I've been doing comedy with for a couple of weeks, um, you know, to do, maybe he will, he will, you know, and he was another one. He went to F and H, you know, kind of just to hang out, which is nice. Like I said, to, to have all those guys drive there and then to have people drive to the show the next day, to have people drive across LA traffic two weekend days in a row, and put pants on to, to see me. It's humbling. It speaks to your, uh, your, it speaks to your good nature. You know, people want to be around you. Men want to be you. Women want to oh, be with you. You know, I'm also, you know, I meant to touch on this. It's been so long since I've seen. So I wanted to circle back just before I go. Thank you again for coming to the surprise 20th anniversary party that um, I had for management. Oh, thank it, you for inviting me. It meant a lot that you were there. Um, it meant a lot to her. It meant a lot to me. That was a pretty fun time, right? Yes. Yeah. Although I think she instantly forgot I was there. Come on. Let's let's be real. She well, didn't I t- care. I tell you who didn't forget you were there. It's really funny. Like, you know, one of her best friends, Michelle's there, who she travels a lot with to see Duran Duran. When her husband, who's cut from the same loser cloth you and I are, hey. found out about how we spend our time when they go on Duran Duran trips and was like, I want to come over, you know. <laughs> he wants to watch watch fish episodes with us. You saw how ex- it was funny because both both Michelle and management were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, like it's one thing that they're friendly when they're in the same room because our shit brought them together. But if they actually start hanging, it's like out, it's like it's like when AI starts talking to each other. Yes, 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 one hundred percent. But when he pulled the plug. Out, it's like, wait a minute, you you watch fish and then car jogs and maybe a Columbo. <laughs> and, and he put it on his own plexing. It's like he was so enthralled. And and I forgot to say that that was great, that, you know, management's boss for her to help, like, set, you know, that up. It was great, again, that my parents got to see you and, you know, remind you about walking out on the bill. That is the best thing that has ever happened. Which- it seems to be their only interaction that they remember having with me. They've invited me to their home on many Christmas and, you know, uh, holiday parties and uh, family gatherings, you know, all the past 25 years. But the one thing they cling to uh, is when they dr- stumbled out of a comedy club when I was 18 years old and stiffed me with the bill because they didn't pay it. How funny is that? That It's like my controversy has been fired by Dick Doherty three times. I think that, <laughs> that was like one of the highlights. I didn't know you could get other than Billy Martin get fired by the same people. But anyways. Um, all right. The rest is up to you. Oh, yes. Well, uh, get well soon, Biff. Um, Jacques, don't forget where you came from, man. You know, don't forget. Don't, don't, don't leave. Hey, by the way, this is a, you left the New England area um, 
and it's probably best streak of weather we're expecting this week. You know, we're going to have like 80 degrees and it's going to be nice and mild. Um, hardly a tornado to be seen. It'll be, it'll be fantastic. So, um, I mean, if I were a beach going person, I would definitely think about maybe going to the beach, but I'm so afraid of water. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the, the, the women, um, that walk Revere beach, I mean, Revere beach specifically. Hey, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, talk about it. Like people of Walmart, um, uh, but swimsuit competition, you oh. know, like he, oh. why? Oh. No, no, they're fine people. I kid, I kid because I want to be them. I want to, I want to have that, that thing in you that makes you want to take off your shirt and go into the ocean. And what's that thing when you, you're, you're performing that black magic where you're floating on top of the water, but you're <laughs> in control. I don't know. I've seen people do it on TV. Um, I, I I'm, you know what? I, I still think Jaws is really a documentary. I, uh, I don't, um, and thank you for taking me to see that uh, years ago at a drive-in theater. That was fun. We should do that again sometime. Um, maybe if you ever come back to Massachusetts, you know, if you're ever in the Massachusetts area, uh, don't forget your old friend Joe. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll 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 set a date. You know, but don't get um, don't get too um, entrenched out there. You know, don't go in too deep, as they say. Uh, who says that? Born stars? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> don't forget. She's a truly lovely girl. She's all the stuff that the world is her desperate yearning. Keeps the fucker turning So she's all pissed off At the world He's all pissed off At her He's Yeah.